This podcast is sponsored by Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online, mslandbank.com. Whether it's farmland, hunting land, or building that dream home, check out Mississippi Land Bank in North Mississippi and online, mslandbank.com. And by Jubilations Cheesecake in West Point. Stop by the coffee house right on Highway 45 on your way to the game, and you can watch cheesecakes being made. And consider Jubilations for your next fundraiser as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a daily edition of Dogpile from the Starkville Super Regional. I am Brett Hudson coming to you from an exceedingly empty Palmero Center at about 1 a.m. on Sunday morning after a Mississippi State win over Stanford 6-2. We'll dive into it in a bunch of different ways, and of course, we'll get you caught up on all the Super Regional action going on around the country outside of Starkville. But we have some serious news to tackle, and we should do it now. Jack Egan. It was a scary moment at Duty Noble Field as night-night Colby White warmed up to take over in the seventh inning. Jack Egan suffered what Mississippi State Athletics called a, quote, non-athletic medical event, which is definitely not a phrase I thought I would utter when I woke up this morning. He was with his parents at the hospital and stable as Saturday night turned into the wee hours of Sunday morning. Here's what Chris Lamonis had to say, and really listen for the emotion in his voice in the second clip. I think you'll find the point where his voice breaks. I'm still finding out myself. He had a medical issue. They say he's stable, and as soon as I leave here, I'll try to find him, touch base with him, and, and see how him and his family are doing. It was tough. I mean, it was tough. It was a tough probably five, ten minutes for our team. and um, Just a group of guys that, just, uh, that care a lot about each other. So when you see one go down like that, it was tough on everybody. And as Egan was being tended to, there was a touching photo circulating around of some Stanford people with their arm on Dustin Skelton as he looked onto the dugout from his post behind home plate. Here's what Stanford coach David Esker had to say about that moment. Yeah, you know, he was able to come out and say it was a teammate of his who was down in the dugout. And, um, you know, at that point, it's not Mississippi State versus Stanford. It's, uh, it's everybody, you know, pulling together, saying prayers for the, for the health of uh, another ball player. And so... Um, he seemed to be really concerned about it, so I just want to make sure that he knew that you know, we were saying prayers too and, and hoping for the best. Our thoughts are with Jack Egan and the Egan family. We hope to hear good news as soon as possible. And now we get to baseball. We didn't have to wait long for theatrics, did we? Jake Mangum turned a first-inning grand slam into a much less harmful sacrifice fly, and Ethan Small had some humor about it after the fact. Well, my neck almost snapped trying to turn around and watch it. So, <laughs> uh, No, it was a great catch, though. I wasn't sure how far it was going to go, and then when he made it, I was pretty far away. It kept what ended up being a productive Ethan Small start possible. Six innings, five hits, and two walks Two walks allowed. Eight strikeouts and just the one run, an unearned run at that. He had to battle both with the top of the strike zone line to start, being tough to find, and battling his own command throughout. But he was able to go on a stretch, a stretch where he sat down eight straight Cardinal, then bounced back to retire four of the final five he faced to end the start. It was more history for him as he is now just six strikeouts away from tying the school record for single-season strikeouts. He also passed three guys on the SEC single-season list to get up to sixth all-time there. And one of the names he passed was Tim Hudson. That's a pretty good company to keep. Given his selection with the 28th overall pick in the MLB draft by the Milwaukee Brewers, it's likely this was his final time pitching at Duty Noble Field. Kind of just... I, I can't even explain it. I don't know that I had any ideas in my head. I was just kind of in 
kind of embracing it and looked up at the crowd and just listened to it one last time, kind of coming off. And uh, just a really special moment. Um, and it, I don't think it's really sank in. It's my last time doing it. I mean, it, it, I've been here for so long and just pitched so many times in front of that crowd and that atmosphere, and it just doesn't seem real that it's over. On the hitting side, I found this stat to be particularly devastating. Eight of Mississippi State's 12 hits came with two strikes. The Bulldogs were just impossible to put away today, even by one of the Pac-12's better starters in Stanford's Brendan Beck. Stanford coach David Esker had this to say about Mississippi State's two-strike approach. Well, I think they, I think they got some flat barrels through the zone. I think they're able to work a little bit later, you know, a little bit later um, when they get to two strikes and if the ball is out over the plate, they do a great job of staying inside and keeping a flat swing to it. You know, they beat us a few times, even with a couple pitches in, they were able to jam and, and jam the ball into the outfield. And you know, those are that's those are great hitters' hits. You know, and I thought that they did a, an outstanding job of, of just battling two strikes and. Um, you got to make good pitches, and you got to have a little stuff behind it too. You can't just you can't just throw it in there and uh, and hope for the best. I think they did they did a great job of uh, taking advantage of some pitches and and maybe not even bad pitches. I think they just did a great job of winning the pitch and uh, you know some opportune moments that created some runs for them. Multi-hit games from Jordan Westberg, Tanner Allen, Dustin Skelton, and Josh Hatcher in this game. All of them, two hits apiece. Josh Hatcher has now 13 of his 33 hits for the season in his last four weeks. He's hitting 371 since the beginning of that final weekend of the regular season, that South Carolina series. And that's when his playing time became regular. He used to be a matchup, left-handed, platoon advantage kind of guy. With that South Carolina series, he started playing every single day, sometimes in right field when Elijah McNamee was out, sometimes at DH more recently. And he's been hitting 371 in that stretch. So Josh Hatcher has it rolling right now. I don't anticipate his lineup spot being in jeopardy. Every farmer understands their farm can't thrive without some good partners like sun, soil, and rain. And farmers in North Mississippi also rely on another important partner, Mississippi Land Bank, because land and farm financing are Mississippi Land Bank's primary focus. We've grown alongside these farmers' crops for more than 100 years. We understand what a farmer needs, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi, and that's where I stand. And now we get you to the super regional results around the country. Here we go. Let's start in Los Angeles. Late night ball out on the West Coast. The Bruins needed 12 innings to beat Michigan 5-4, to four, and that win forces a game three. Michigan committed five errors in the game and somehow led for a significant portion of it. But the Bruins win, and there will be a game three for the number one overall seed, UCLA. In Nashville, there will be a game three thanks to Kumar Rocker and his 131-pitch no-hitter. 131. Rocker walked two but struck out 19. He struck out 19 of the 30 batters he faced in that no-hitter. Vandy scratched across two runs in the eighth to make it a 3 to nothing win. Big turnaround from that 18-5 to nonsense the day before. And the Commodores are once again in a Super Regional game three at home this time against Duke. I think we all remember what happened last time Vandy had a Super Regional Game 3 at home. In Louisville, this was a blowout from the jump. The Cardinals beat ECU 14-1 on Friday, 12-0 on Saturday, and the Cardinals were the first to punch their ticket to Omaha. In Lubbock, we'll have a Game 3. A good old walk-off wild pitch got the win for Oklahoma State, 6-5. 
over Texas Tech. That came after Texas Tech tied it in the top of the ninth on a sacrifice fly from Brian Klein. Oklahoma State got three hits from leadoff man Houston Morrill, three RBI from the DH Colin Simpson, and the Red Raiders and the Cowboys have one more game to play. If you want to look at prior results, Texas Tech swept the regular season series with Oklahoma State, so there's that. In Fayetteville, the Hogs took Ole Miss to the woodshed in game one, 11-2. 11 hits, two doubles, and three home runs. So the Razorbacks slugged 647 as a team in this game. It was game one. It was also game one in Baton Rouge. And Florida State pulls the upset, 6-4, to four, and boy was it weird. LSU scored all four of its runs in the fifth inning or earlier, and Florida State scored all six of its runs in the sixth inning or later. LSU was forced to go to its bullpen early, and that did not go well. The Tigers are on the brink of elimination. Florida State is on the brink of Omaha in Mike Martin's final season. And in Chapel Hill, in Chapel Hill here's an upset that favors the SEC. Auburn beating the hosting Tar Heels 11-7. Six of Auburn's 10 hits went for extra bases. Two left the yard, and Auburn scored nine of its 11 runs in the final two innings. Just like that, Auburn is one win away from the program's first trip to Omaha since 1997. You now know what happened in day one of the Starkville Super Regional. You now know what happened everywhere else in the country on Saturday in college baseball. So we're going to let you prepare for Sunday. It's a eight o'clock scheduled first pitch. I'm going to pull up the uh, I'm going to pull up the TV information while while I look at this. Although, of course, those of you that are listening to this sometime Sunday morning, maybe even Sunday afternoon, depending on what your what your schedule is for for Sunday, it's possible that weather has impacted the the scenario. So take it with a grain of salt. Know that this podcast was recorded at one o'clock in the morning on Sunday, and if you see information more present or more, uh, what's the word, more uh, recent than that, then go with that. Scheduled to start at 8 o'clock on ESPNU. I think you all know the situation. Mississippi State wins that game. They punch their ticket to Omaha. If they lose it, they still got one more chance in a Monday night game. Cross that bridge when we come to it, shall we? But we'll be back with more Daily Dog Pile after Mississippi State's second game of the Starkville Super Regional against Stanford. Until then, we'll see y'all next time. Ah!